This is the Tribune Audio Network. Hi. Hi. What was that? It's my intro face. <laughs> she did. Chanel just did a neck stretch. She looked like, like a and fucking weirdo. My neck weirdo. too. <laughs> wait. Okay. So I have a question. Have you ever been? Oh, wait. Is this sip? Survive. Repeat. Kenny wasn't you, ready. Kenny, Kenny wasn't ready. It. He's doing other stuff. He's multitasking. Um, have you ever been to a chiropractor before? I have. How do- <laughs> We switch seats today. Me and Janelle are a little off. I'm like eating my mic. <laughs> um, do you like it? I did. I had lower back pain mm. and he adjusted my lower back somehow and it went away after three months. Do you think it was because of the chiropractor? Yeah. So basically mine was a really bad pulled muscle. Okay. And he said through like going twice a week uh-huh. over several months, uh-huh. what it does is it creates space in your back to allow the muscle to heal faster than it normally would heal. But three months doesn't seem that fast. Well, I would have had back pain a lot longer because <laughs> oh, okay. it was a really bad pull muscle. And I did it putting my dog in the car, like lifting her up. That's how I pulled my back. Sally. Yeah. Why? What's her, your neck's hurting? No, 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 no. Uh, my neck does hurt sometimes. But no, my husband just went and said like he felt like a new man. And I was like, really? Todd, lo- Todd has a crooked neck. Mm, like I, technically he's like. I do and too. he was afraid to go because then they crack your neck. And he's yeah. really nervous about that. I wouldn't Ew. like it either. But it worked wonders on him. And they do this thing with your hip where they have you twist to the side and he pushes like on your like and it cracks the whole lower part of your back. It's amazing. A little scary. Okay. But it's, I got a guy if you, I mean, okay. it sounds you like got, Donald. You got has, a guy. It, it sounds like Donald has a guy. So <laughs> yeah. you got it covered. Okay. But I, I just, loved it. Okay. How about you tell us about your new addition? Um, we are welcoming to our family, everybody. A male cat. I almost said a baby boy, but he's not a baby. We adopted an old ass cat. We adopted a senior cat on Sunday. His name is Mo or Sweet Moses, as the A Cleveland Animal Protective League likes to call him. Shout out to them. Can I just call him Sweet Mo? You can call him whatever you want. Sweet okay. Mo or Mo. He's ten. He's orange, and he doesn't give a fuck about anything. I like, and I like it. Yeah, like he doesn't want to be held. Mm-hmm. But he likes to play and rub up against you, and he meows a lot, like at night. <laughs> Which we don't like that part very much. No. he's. I think he just did it the first night because he was a little scared. So this late, I don't know if it was a girl or guy, they were homeless for two years. He lived in a car with his owner, which is really sad. And there was a dog also that lived in the car. And she did the right thing and surrendered him and then his dog friend. And they thought they'd have to keep them together, but Mo didn't really seem to care about the dog. So... <laughs> We just got yeah. Mo. Yeah. And him and Callie just are two peas in a pod. They don't even. They don't give a shit. No. They're both old and they don't care. Nice. Yeah. So he likes treats, catnip, and being pet, petted. 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 Patted. Patted. Scra- scratched. Whatever. Rubbed. He likes a human touch. <laughs> he's great. He's a great cat. So Aww. far, so good. He mewed at me. Wow. He's, he's cute. Yeah. Let's talk about your possible addition to your family. Um. Which one? The one that I'm getting for my stepdaughter? or the, Yeah. Uh, okay. Oh, or, or what else is there? No, I mean, I'm oh. eventually buying Donna. Well, as yeah, you guys know. no, not that I'm one. I'm releasing her. But uh, my stepdaughter's birthday is coming up in October, and she's turning 10, so we are getting her gerbils. <laughs> because four dogs isn't enough. Four dogs is never enough, so let's get <laughs> gerbils. But gerbils are great. Listen, she did her research. They're nocturnal, or they're not nocturnal. They, they, uh... They have like a pattern sleep, which I guess means like they do sleep at, at uh, during the day, but it's more like they nap and mm-hmm. wake and nap and wake, which is like how I like to live. Yeah. So yeah, I feel really, I feel okay about it. I Although do. our coworker told me about this uh, situation growing up where she went, she was playing with her gerbils that she had growing up and they started to run away. So she grabbed them by the tails because they have mm. longer tails, kind of like mice or rats. Yeah. And the tails came out. Oh, like a lizard? Does it grow back? No. Oh. Ouch. Do you know if that happens to squirrels too? Side note. No. Yes. <laughs> if you grab a squirrel by the tail and it's scared. It like it'll, releases it'll it? It'll release its own tail. But does that one grow back? I don't know. Probably. If anyone knows, let us know. Let us know. We're confused. Or we could Google it, but we'll Google we'll wait it for you to We'll wait for you to respond. It's fine. It's fine. Do it. Um, uh, I have one more thing to say. Okay. And then, I'll, then we can talk about the wine. I was at Target today mm-hmm. and the cashier was just a very lovely lady. 
and she she was very complimentary of my haircut and she said not a lot of people can pull off that short of hair and it looks great on you and she goes now I cut off all my hair and my boyfriend's really mad at me and I go oh really and she goes well it's just easier to put my wigs on over it and I was like okay got it and then she goes well I guess it's because he's a hair puller and I was like <gasps> Oh my whoa, God. whoa, whoa, I'm just trying to buy this shampoo and this pomade. You're like, honey. <laughs> whoa. Wow, she went there. I thought maybe she had like. She was an older gal too. She's not afraid she, to tell me about her hair pulling boyfriend. I mean, was she, did she have short hair while she was checking you out or was well, it Well, she was wearing a wig. Oh, she was. Okay. Yeah, so it was like a bob, but she said she got like her, her real hair underneath it is real short. Mm-hmm. And I was like. Oh, I mean, oh. hey, whatever works. Okay. But he's a hair puller, I guess, and he didn't like it. Okay? So... That'll ruin the moment. <laughs> Let's talk about the wine. Jenny picked this out today. Where did you get it, Jenny? Target. Oh, it's delicious. Uh, it's called... What is it called? Chateau, Chateau Smith. Chateau Smith. Uh, it was chosen very much because it had 14% alcohol by volume. Thank you. You're welcome. It is a Cabernet. So it's a little more like robust than mm-hmm. sometimes we're used to. Kenny's about to take a swig. Now we're going to stare at him while he does it. Thoughts, Kenny? It's pretty good. I okay. like it. Yeah. So this was a more expensive bottle for us. It was a 20. Moving on up mm, mm, mm. to the side. <laughs> okay. So this one is a $20. It's from uh, 2016. It's from Washington State, which you haven't, if you haven't had Washington State wines. So good. They're really good. I've like, never had a bad Washington State wine. I really haven't either. I mean... I haven't had a lot of them, but either. <laughs> um, let me back up this train. I've had like four, so. Right, 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 right. Okay, but we're just saying like so far of the four, delicious. Keep mm-hmm. it up. Keep yeah. up the good work, good job. Washington. Um, good job, the state of Washington. Okay, anything else? Thanks for the reviews. We, have, oh, we got we a couple have reviews. reviews. Yay. And thanks for taking the time to write them, and we appreciate you. And I don't have them in front of me, so I'm just blankly staring at Jenny. Oh, but, I was going to, I wanted to tell people, because I know we have a lot of listeners on PodCoin. Mm-hmm. PodCoin is going away. It is? It is. Why? I don't know. I got a press release. So I just wanted to let all of our PodCoin listeners know, um, we'd love to have you on another platform. So please switch over. Uh, if you go to iTunes and you like what you hear, leave us a rating and a review. And also don't forget to subscribe there. Um, but I don't. I wish I had the date. I'll look it up while you're telling your story. Okay. Um, but just, I wanted to give you guys a heads up in case you hadn't heard that yet. Well, oh. someone's calling me from Columbus. I bet you it's not really someone calling Probably you. Probably not. <laughs> All right. Danelle's going first this week because apparently mine, mine's lighter. I don't know. I All feel right. like yours would be a good one to end with. Oh, it will be. <laughs> Ooh, I'm excited already. <laughs> Woo! Okay. Um, mine is the survival story of John Waddell. I thought you were going to say John Wayne Gacy. No. <laughs> like, like, um, this is, that's the wrong podcast. No, no. <laughs> um, so John was born in 1958 Aww. and he's a bit of a treasure hunter. Oh. Good old John. Treasure. Um, treasure. He lived on and owned a large property in Phoenix, Arizona, over a hundred acres. Wow. And, um, can I call him Johnny? Yeah. Call him okay. whatever you want. I think this wine's already kicking in. Go ahead. Yes. <laughs> I can't wait. So la- did you go first last week? No, no, I was drunk. It was last week and I was tanked. Sweet. Right. I what? went last week, last week. And I was tanked. I was drunk. I, I went, went second. First. Yeah. Jenny went first last week. Right. Mm-hmm. Whatever, it doesn't remember. matter. I was hammered last week. So Listen, good. Kenny's you get to see the he one. doesn't remember. Yeah. Kenny's over us already. Okay. <laughs> so, um, so for the past 20 years, um, he's so he's in his 60s. Um, he's explored countless mine shafts that are on his property. Mm-hmm. And it's just something he enjoys doing. He likes to search for gold and other trinkets that maybe he finds down in these deep, dark holes. Does not sound fun to me, but to each their own. It's fine. Um, so his... He had some records that show there might be a lot of hidden gold. Oh, when you first said that, you're talking about um, records like Elvis and... Oh, no. (laughs) Like a gold record? Yeah. So I don't know what these records are. I don't know where you get them. I want them. They're treasure maps. They're treasure maps. X marks the spot. Apparently, this particular mine shaft and these records or treasure maps show that they're 
it, there's a good chance that there's a lot of gold. Yes. And he had not explored this one yet. Mm-hmm. So he was like, I'm going in. Good. I'm going in hot and I'm going in right. <laughs> so he. That's um, what he said. He said he was finding, he was going to try to find the mother load, quote. Oh, okay. Um, and it was too strong to stay away. The, the pull of the mother load. Okay. Got it. So <laughs> Got his own gravitational pull. As he prepared his rig um, for the expedition. Um, Did you write that? The rig. This part? No. This coffee. <laughs> Does it sound like I wrote the first part I wrote? Can you tell? Because it's all over the place. I just like that you called something a rig. Continue. That is what it's called. And okay, here's the thing too. I also looked up what a rig is. Uh-huh. And... It's not very, it, the Google machine is not helpful. So okay. I tried to find out what exactly a rig looks like mm-hmm. to kind of explain it a little more. And there's not a lot of help on Google. So okay. bear with me. Okay. Um, as I try to describe a rig in the near future. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. So um, just like hundreds of times before, um, he didn't worry that much about this particular mine because he's done it hundreds of times before. So he did always take safety precautions. He always would carry a cell phone with him. And um, he would always make sure that he told a friend where he was going and when he should be back. Did he get really good reception in the mines? No. Great. Negative Red Rider. Great. Yeah. Is that my new nickname? Yeah, I, I like, like it. it. No. Do you like it? Mm-hmm. Um, so, but at least he told someone where he was going. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, um, and when he should be back. So if he's not, then they know what happened. So on October 15th, 2018, although I wrote 2008 here, so I'm not really sure if it's last year or 2008 it's only a 10 year difference it's whatever um (laughs) so the rig slowly lowered john down the deep dark hole of the mine shaft did not write that part either um so as it descended 10 feet then 25 feet then 50 feet yeah that's that's yeah and we'll post a picture of this because it's pretty terrifying Mm -hmm. the whole like it's just a long, dark hole. No, thank you. Um, so he reached twenty or 50 feet, and suddenly the rope rapidly slipped through the pulley system and through his hands. <gasps> so something had gone terribly wrong. And um, again, this is the part I tried to look up and research so I could explain it better, but it sounds like it's some type of pulley system, and he something broke off, right. fell 50 additional feet. No, no. That's a, now and it's a hundred feet. Now it's a hundred feet. Math. And he was trying to grab the rope, like to snag it before it completely left the pulley system. And it burnt. He had a glove on his right hand, and it burnt through his glove and his hand. And he also fell, basically, fifty additional feet to the bottom of the mine. Okay. So as he descends into darkness, toward the ground, fifty feet below, his body slammed into the dirt. It gets worse. No, no. Um, he immediately knew he was hurt, and he said as soon as he hit the ground, he saw his leg flip up, <gasps> and his ankle went the other way. No! Ugh. That's not what you want to see. Uh-uh. Not mm-hmm. in the bottom of a mind Not shaft. unless you're real flexible. Yeah. So, oh, lucky shit. for John, his previous years were spent as an EMT. Oh, that's good. So he immediately um, kicked into that mode, and he was able to find um, like a piece of stick laying around near him, and he wedged it inside of his right boot and made himself a little splint. Can you imagine having to set your own bone? And that's what he did. (gasps) Yeah. So he made a splint for his ankle, and he laid in the damp dirt for what seemed like hours, because it was. Um, (laughs) It seemed like hours because it because it was. So um, again, he's a hundred feet below the surface. Then the next terrifying thing happens. What could be worse than being in a dark hole a hundred feet underground? Snakes? Mm-hmm. No, really? He's in a snake pit. Oh my god, also. it's like Indiana Jones. I know. Kenny, do you know what we're talking about? The Indiana Jones yeah, part? Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Okay. I've seen that movie. I mean, it's classic. Have you seen the first ones, though, or the newer ones? Yeah, I've seen okay. the first ones. Because the they're newer better one than sucks. The, the newer ones yeah. suck, yeah. Okay. Um, so we're Indiana Jonings with some Jonesing with snakes yes. in a pit. So Perfect. he hears a noise so terrifying. And that's Where are we again? Texas? Arizona. Arizona. Phoenix. Oh, that's still not good. Yeah. A lot of poisonous ones. Up yeah. here in Ohio, I have to say, we just have like really stupid snakes that don't like do anything. Like a garden snake. Like you can pick it up and play with it. Yeah. My okay. neighbor has one that lives in their bushes. Mm-hmm. I saw the skin one day. And then mm. the next day I was walking Callie and I saw it slither and she went after it. And it was a garden. I mean. Yeah. It's fine. NBD. Right. So he hears a little. I mean. Nope. That's my rattling noise. I like. Do it again. Nope. Do the other one. 
Yeah, that sounds scary. Can you scary. hear that, Kenny? Yeah. Yeah, okay. I can hear that. Um, okay, good. So, <laughs> he found himself face-to-face with a foot-long diamondback rattlesnake. Oh, my God. Those are really bad. Yeah, he could barely see enough in the darkness to react. But Wait, he, did he hmm. not have a light at this point? No. Oh, shit. I'm so nervous. Okay, he does not have a light. I don't know if his like he was saving his cell phone power or you know because you can turn your cell phone on, right? But maybe he had a flip phone, and it doesn't. He did sound like an older gentleman. Yeah. So okay. I'm I'm, I'm going to picture him with a flip phone. Mm. Okay. This is so why you need a smartphone, everyone. He quickly ripped the stick out of his makeshift. Um, he ripped the stick out of his ass. He ripped the stick out of his boot. Oh, right. Um, and which sounds also very painful after he yeah. just said it and everything. And he beat the rattlesnake to death. So fine. He won that one. So then I got to thinking, let's learn a little bit about rattlesnakes. Uh oh. So one fun fact I found out is that their tail rattle can rattle up to 60 rattles per second. That's a lot of rattling. Okay. So 60 per second. Yeah. Yep. There are an average 10 to 15 deaths a year. And the rattling sound is a sign that you've aggravated them and they're about to come after you, essentially. It's a warning sign. And you're supposed to slowly move away from the area if you hear the sound and do not make any sudden moves. But unfortunately for Johnny, in a hundred foot hole, he's deep down in the ground and it's only eight, he only has eight feet of space. Uh, Like eight, yeah. So. Um, and even if you think this, this part's gross, even if you think the snake is dead or you've killed it, you should stay away from it because freshly killed snakes can still bite and inject venom. Oh my God. It's mm-hmm. like a horror movie. Yeah, you know, they, you know yeah. at the end of horror movies where they think they're dead, but they're really not and they yeah. come back to life and still like get mm-hmm. you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's okay. like that. Okay. So, um, try to keep calm. Okay. This, okay. Given, right. Call 911. Got it. So, but not all bites inject venom. So okay. sometimes they're called dry bites, and 25% of the time are dry bites. But if you are bit and venom is injected, they said you'll know immediately because you 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 can't breathe, your vision becomes blurry, your eyelids start to droop, oh. um, uh, vomiting, numbness, weakness, extreme thirst, and even paralysis. So you'll know if it wasn't like a dry bite. Little fun fact snake stories. I, I got a fun fact snake fact, I guess. Yeah. Uh, oh. Do you know... What's worse, a baby snake bite or uh, like full-grown snake bite? No, I'm, I would, I would think full. Adult. Baby snake bites are like 10 times more lethal apparently because they don't know how to control their venom. So they just, Ooh. like they bite you and they just let all the venom out. Really? And they yeah. probably don't do a dry bite. I'm assuming like it's they probably don't even a know venom how to do every that. single time. Yeah. Oh my God. Look at those snake facts from Kenny. Kenny. Growing up out on the farm. Kenny I you, snake it's bags. hot on that side of the road. Well, it is it? hot, yeah. Have you guys heard of Mike Posner? He's like, yeah. Uh, yeah. he's uh, walking across the United States right now or something, and he's like making music, but he got bit by a baby rattlesnake. That's how I know this fact, and it like, his foot looked crazy messed up. Really? Like, he was like, he couldn't walk for like a month, and now he's back to walking across the United States. Kenny, you're so hip. Rattlesnake smart. proof boots. Yeah, well, they say wear like high boots and like you know the normal stuff you would think. So you now wear, he but. has thigh high boots. He looks like Julia Roberts in Pretty Woman, but minus the heel. But no, he has the heel too. Oh, okay. And now he looks super sexy while he's walking across the United States. I mean, does Boop. he? What song does he? If I could write you a song, no, no, no. I don't. We think can edit him. this part out. I'm just curious. I think. Because he's pretty popular. I'm okay. trying to... I took a pill in Ibiza. I don't know if that's okay, him. Okay, yeah, yeah, I okay. think that's him. I could be completely wrong. But I know who you're talking about. Yeah. Okay. So, back to this. So, after he killed the Rattler... The Rattler. I put that in there. Good. He tried to remain calm, and he tried to force his body to stop shaking from the cold, because it's now nighttime. And um, he paid attention to how much space he had in case like something else happened to him so he was trying to like take stock of the room and everything he didn't have any water or food and there was um nothing there but a couple like leftover barbed wire or like other random things that people have thrown down the mine shaft so um he then a few hours later was finally getting some rest maybe his eyes was his eyes were closing Mm -hmm. he then felt something slither under his arm no he couldn't see or hear then um, in in pitch black darkness because there was no light or anything. He could only assume it was another rattlesnake, and it was. Um, he felt the vibration of the rattler under his arm, and he the next move is he grabbed it. Well, he closed his armpit really fast on it, grabbed it from the front, and then threw it up against the wall and <gasps> killed it. 
Okay, I have two stories that reminded me of. First one, he went back into the sunroom. Oh, Mo. Okay. Back in the sunroom. Goodbye, kitty. Um, uh, was it? I think it was last summer. I was eating lunch at the pool, and I felt saw something. a rattlesnake. <laughs> no, we live in Ohio, so uh, I felt something tickling my armpit. So I, I was eating a sandwich, and I put my ar- my arms down. It was a it was like a wasp. Oh, Jenny! It stung me right Holy, in the armpit. That had to hurt like Side a mother. Note. Any of you that get Botox in your armpits, more power to you because it hurt like the dickens. Although I think it was like a wasp because it had that, it left that like stingy awfulness oh, afterwards. It had to hurt. It was bad. Also, when my parents built their uh, house back in the 80s, uh, the house wasn't quite done yet. So my parents were like there, but sleeping on a mattress on the floor. And mm-hmm. we were like at my grandparents' house. And there were so many mice at night that would run across the bed and across my parents, my dad would grab them <gasps> and throw them against the wall. Because you're building and they're uplift, like they're, yeah. I heard that that's so, a problem when you build. Yeah. Ew. So your oh dad's kind of like this John guy. Basically, basically. But with mice. But with mice. And he only did it because, they. I mean, he's he loves animals, but. He just well, yeah. I mean, here's the thing. If a mouse is running across you, you're going to freak out no yeah. matter how much you Similar love Similar to, okay. So Same he, with a rattlesnake. So he squished it with his armpit and then he, he so grabbed he, it. Yes. To like stun it almost. And then he grabbed the front of it and then threw it up against the wall. Did it die? It died. Damn, John. I know. He, um, let's see. Da, 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 da. Uh, oh, no. And then he beat it with the <laughs> stick again. I missed that part. So he threw it against the wall, was stunned, and then he just started to beat it with his little splint stick. Great. Um, so two days later. Two days? He's still in the mine. Does he have any food or water with no. him? No. Shit. No. So this part's kind of gross. Um, he laid at the bottom of the deep hole with his broken body, and he was hungered up a up next to a piece of steel and he yelled and screamed until his voice he lost his voice essentially his throat was so dry and remember when that pulley system went through his right hand and like Mm -hmm. so he had huge blisters all over his right hand and he was so thirsty no he broke the blisters with his mouth and sucked the um blister juice out of it (laughs) but it worked (laughs) guys he survived he also would. That's the first time I've actually, I think. <laughs> I was like, after I read that part, I was like, I got to do this story. That's kind of cool. <laughs> so he would also suck on his shirt. Yeah. Because it was like moist and stuff from like the humidity during the day. And he would suck on his like t-shirt I couldn't. I sweat too much. It would just be straight salt. I'd be in trouble. Yeah. I'm a sweater. You would be in trouble. Okay, go ahead. Um, okay. So. Da, 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 da. Oh. He thought of death, and he was certain at that point that no one would come looking for him. Like, he just figured he was going to die. And um, he said that he, well, then he started to hallucinate, like, dehydration and everything started to kick in. And the shadows, like, during the day, like, some of the, he saw shadows at the top. He thought they were animals, and then um, he was just seeing things. And then he felt um, something else touch his body, and it was another rattlesnake. Um, this one was a three foot rattlesnake, which is pretty huge, pretty big. Well, although they can get up to like seven to eight feet, but this, that's pretty big for a small space, I think. And again, he just beat that thing with a stick. He just didn't even care. He was like, at that point by the third rattlesnake, he was like, it's either, either I'm going to live or die at this moment. Cause if I get bit, there's so many rattlesnakes in this thing. He's in a snake pit. Seriously, Indiana Jones. So, um, after he beat that third snake, he, um, you know, day, dozed in and out, and then he heard tire tracks from a diesel truck. And he was like, oh, my God. It's, he knew right away. He was like, this is my friend. He knows yes. I didn't come home. He's coming to rescue me. So whatever voice he had left, he was, like, yelling and yelling and yelling. And his friend finally, you know, found the mind spot and was like, I'm calling for help because he had no cell phone reception either out there. So he yeah. called 911. Um, they life, it took them three hours to rig something up to go down and get him. Oh, so yeah. they lifelighted him to the local hospital. He had two broken legs. Two? Two. His legs were both broken and a right broken ankle from the splint. But he's like, he was like nurturing this right ankle when really both of his legs were broken too. Oh. So poor guy. Um, he's, the doctor that treated him said that if it would have been a couple hours later, he probably would have died from internal bleeding and dehydration. Hey. So he was almost, you know, at the end of his, at the end of his rope. And, um, 
his daughter told the crowd of reporters afterwards that she knew her father was going to be fine as soon as she heard him re- recounting how he fought off the rattlesnakes. Uh. So he was like <laughs> excited to tell his like Indiana Jones-esque story. And she was like, he's going to be just fine. And then um, despite the harrowing mishap, he still intends to explore more mines. And he said, I've been doing this for 20 years. It gets in your blood. And I couldn't find any like up to date art, like any like current articles kind of like, that's the one thing with this podcast. It's hard to find like, Mm -hmm. sometimes if it's like really personal survival stories, it's hard to find like, what are they doing today? Right. Because I was like, oh, I wonder if he's, because he also made a comment like when he first got out of the hospital, he was going to sell his land and all this. And then like weeks after recovery, he was like, no, it's in my blood. I'm going to keep doing it. So I was curious to know like if he really did keep doing it or if you know so yeah so yeah that's the survival story of john waddell oh my god yes the real indiana jones the real united states indiana jones i like it well he's a cutie is he okay we'll put him up on the on the social you guys okay um i just wanted to let you guys know that uh i looked up the article from podcoin um, and it's going to be shutting down as of September 24th, which is going to be after this episode comes out. So you probably already know that it's gone. Anywho. Yeah. Just find us on iTunes yeah. or Apple podcasts. We call it or iTunes because Spot- we're old AF. Or Spotify or wherever else you Stitcher, listen to things. Whatever the hell. Yeah. Okay. Get in it. Tell me a story. I will. Okay. This is actually the story that Kenny sent. Oh, the one you claimed. The one I claimed and said, back off. You're like, back off, bitch. Okay, so his name is Adrian Carton DeWyart. I don't know if I'm saying that right. Sounds great. And he is the soldier who could not be killed. Oh. (laughs) Okay. Okay, so this is a lot of this is from an article by Daniel Rennie. Uh, It was published on March 2nd, 2018. Okay. So this happens over the course of four wars spanning six decades. Oh, my. (laughs) Is that even legal that you can fight in four wars? I don't know if it is anymore, but I mean, he started fighting back in like the 1800s. Oh. Get ready. (laughs) Oh, so this is like an old timey one. Yeah. Oh, when you said the article was released in 2018, I was like, oh, I'm thinking like Gulf War. Okay, got it. Uh, Okay, so... Basically, uh, he was a Belgian-born British Army officer. His name was Sir Adrian Carton de Wyart. Um, he was in four conflicts, and he sustained 11 grievous injuries. What does that mean, do you think? Uh, like, terrible, those, bad, Those include gruesome. being shot oh. in the face, head, hand, stomach, leg, groin, and ankle. So basically every area of his body. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> Uh, he also survived numerous plane crashes during what? war. And he also survived being a prisoner of war. Wow. Okay. Uh, he's very dedicated to his military service. Uh, he was married to an Austrian countess and he had two daughters, but makes no mention of them in his personal memoirs. <laughs> Got it. It's all about the, it's all about the war stories. All about the war <laughs> stories. Um, okay. So... He recalled his thoughts. Uh, we start with the second Bauer, Boer War. Um, it was it broke out between Britain and two Bauer states, Boer states of South okay. Africa in okay. 1899. So again, we're starting back way back. So, yeah. So you know, at that point, Britain had a lot of control over certain areas, including parts of South Africa, um, and so there was this war that broke out. Um, he said of this time that he was in his first war, I knew once and for all that war was in my blood. Mm. He said, if the British didn't fancy me, I would offer myself to the Boers. Oh, wow. So basically he was like, I don't care who's like, I'm I fighting for, fight. but I want to fight. Wow. Okay. Damn, Gina. Uh, at this point he was just a teenager, um, but he was bold and larger than life. Uh, he was born in 1880. So again, this is 1899. Mm-hmm. So he was 19 years old. Okay, he's a young Math. pup. Uh, he was born uh, to a Belgian aristocrat, but there was a rumor that he was actually fathered by Leopold II, the King of Belgium. Oh, hmm. Hmm. maybe that's why he's got that fighting in his blood. Maybe. Um, so his first brushes with death started uh, after he left Oxford University and he enlisted with the British Army in 1899. 
Um, he faked his name and his age because he wanted to qualify to be part of the army. And I guess he wasn't old enough at the age of oh. 19 to join. <laughs> so he was, yeah, he's like in it. Yeah. And he was like soon on his way to South Africa. Um, there he was shot in the stomach and the groin. So those were, that's the stomach and groin shots. Uh, and then he was sent to recover in England. So in 1901, he returned to South Africa. Uh, and this time he enlisted under his real identity because he was old enough. I don't know. Apparently you had to be, what is that? 21? 21, yeah. Uh, And he served as a commissioned officer until the war ended in 1902. Um, In 1907, he became a British citizen because remember, he was born in Belgium. Mm -hmm. um, And he took a few years and tried to be an an aristocratic, like, I'm going to go hunting on my... Yeah, like, you can do whatever you want because you're... (laughs) Shooting fowl and fox and you're basically like rich and well off um he this is also when he married and started his family so this is when his two daughters were born but didn't last long in 1914 world war one broke out uh so carton uh dewart was back in military service he first went to a rebellion in british somaliland somaliland uh, don't worry, I looked it up because I was like, is that the same as Somalia? <laughs> that's what I'm picturing in my mind. <laughs> okay. Somalia, and that's in Africa. Uh, yes. Right? So I looked it up. Somaliland is a breakaway semi-desert territory on the coast of the Gulf of Aden. So the Gulf of Aden is basically, you know, where Africa has like a little spur coming up mm-hmm. on the one side? Sure. It's like rounded on the one side and then it comes down. Oh, yeah. It's like kind it of where the middle, bit. Yeah. yeah, the Middle East kind of is. Yeah. It's over there. So it is near Somalia. Maps and math. We Maps can math. do it. Woo! Um, so he was par- there as part of the British Somaliland Camel Corps. He rode into battle against forces uh, led by the Abdullah, I'm, I'm sorry, Muhammad Abdullah Hassan, who was dubbed Mad Mula oh. by the Brits. That sounds like a really cool rapper name. So there's also, so World War I'm One's Mad Mula. Mad Mula. I make Mad Mula. Coming to you from <laughs> South Africa. So wait, so <laughs> yeah. World War One is going on, mm-hmm. and then, then this war is also going on. So he's I think down. This, is, this is part of World War One. Oh, okay. Um, but he was kind of like, I'll, I'll explain in a sec, but he basically... Um, they had an ex- a successful assault on a Somali fort, um, but they things didn't go well for Carton de Wart. Wart? Wart? I don't. I really don't know how to say his name. I just want to call him Carton. Uh, call him Carton. He was shot twice in the face. Oh <gasps> Jesus! <laughs> that's not that's called that's being really team. unlucky. Yeah. Well, he lost or his left he's... eye and part of his left ear. Oh. But otherwise, great. Oh, so I guess lucky. <laughs> uh, here's here's uh they did win. Down in Somali land. Okay. It sounds like Disneyland, but like, I know it's not. I can't, I'm sorry. I'm being insensitive. Okay. Uh, but the defeated Somali side, um, Mad Mullah took all of his forces. Of course and, he did. And had them castrated for their failure. Because his name is Mad Mullah. What, he's going to do something crazy. That's correct. So he castrated them. All of them. Oh. <gasps> okay. Okay, as for Carton de Wired, he lost an eye and gained a Distinguished Service Medal and a glass eye. Hmm. Uh, he soon found that the eye was really annoying, though. And so one day when he was back in Britain, he ripped the eye out of his head and threw it out the taxi window. Fine. Great. Just put a patch over that. He did. Or don't. No, he did. Oh. <laughs> he, he has a pirate patch in all these pictures. He's wearing like a it's little... Probably, yeah, it's probably more comfortable than something like... Probably, and I'm guessing the eye, fake eyes back then were not probably. They were like probably how they like are wooden. Oh no, he said it was glass. It was glass. But like, if it's not, if it doesn't fit right, I don't know. My dad's I, an eye doctor, and all I can say is he used to clean people's glass eyes that had had them. What did he clean them with? Uh, he had a polishing machine, so it's a special like. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So he would show me sometimes, and I'd be like, gross. And then he'd be like, "Do you want to be an eye doctor when you grow up?" I'm like, "No, no, no I no. don't." Thank you for asking. Gross. Okay. Uh, yeah. He went with the black eye patch and he said uh, he thought losing the eye was a blessing because he wanted to get out of Somaliland and into Europe where the real action of yeah. World War One was happening. Get get in there. Like, what is wrong with this guy? <laughs> He's like, I don't want to be down here. I want to be in action where all the bombs are going off. Yeah. That's where like the, which I don't know what's going on in Somaliland, but I feel like there's a lot more shit going on in Europe. Yeah. Well, in 1915, he got his wish. He was fighting in the trenches on the Western Front. Uh, and during the Second Battle of Ypres. Why 
P-R-E-S. Carton's left hand was shattered by a bombardment from German artillery. Are you ready for this? This gets real gory. According to his memoirs, the uh, surgeon had refused to amputate his fingers, so he ripped them (gasps) off his own hand. Stop. This guy is a badass. I'm like, does he not have feelings? Or nerves? Why does he want his hands, his fingers gone? Well, later the surgeon removed the mangled hand. It's just at that moment he didn't want to amputate. Oh my God. So he just ripped him off. He was like, fuck these fingers. I don't need them. Anyway, so his left hand was amputated. Ah! His left eye is also missing. Okay. The left of him is really. It's really. And 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 the ear. Ear. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So undeterred and unimpaired. Hopefully he's right-handed. I hope so. Back then, I think they made you be right-handed. Oh, really? Otherwise, the devil was in you. Oh. I think. Something like that. Um, but during the assault in the village of La Bosse, Boisse, France, in 1916. La Bosse. La Bosse. Three unit commanders from the 8th Battalion of Gloucestershire Regiment were killed. Um, so then Carton took charge of all three units together, and he managed with those three units that he was commanding by himself to hold back the enemy. Wow. So he was like a good commander. He was good at yeah. being a, a war person. Well, he wanted it. I know. I mean- uh, for his bravery. Okay. Again, I'm in my head. I'm like, this guy's like a 50 year old, like war hero, veteran guy. Like he, that's why people are listening to him. Get ready for his bravery. The 36 year old Carton. I'm like, oh shit, I'm older than him. Okay, uh, was awarded awarded the Victoria Cross, but he humbly made no mention of it in his memoirs. Uh, he basically said everybody there did what they had to do. Oh. So even though his memoirs are all about him and his war stuff yeah. and not at all about family or whatever, he was still like humble and understood that war wasn't won by one man. Right. So he was a, he was a team player. Yes. Just not with his wife and kids. Yeah. Um, a lot of people thought that his ability to lead from the front in some of the biggest hell holes that existed in World War One accounted for the sheer number of critical injuries he suffered. So like he basically like was in the front line of some really shitty battles, and that's why he suffered so many injuries. But no matter what, he survived. And the one shocking thing that happened before the war had ended was he actually got, uh, he was in the trenches of Devil's Wood, and he received what would be a kill shot to the back of his head, and he lived. What? Shot in the back of the head. This guy's been shot everywhere. I'm like, where... Are How? Your, are How your, do you survive that? Are your organs somewhere else? Or do they just move out of the way? They're like, oh, here comes a bullet. They're quick. It's a quick. They're like, move to the other side of the brain. <laughs> anyway, um, during three subsequent battles, he was shot in the ankle, hip, leg, but he soon gained full mobility and was able to continue fighting. See, if you just said all of those things without the disclosure before that he was on, on the front lines, you would think, well, maybe he just really isn't that good. Like if he's been shot that much, but it's because he was like he one was of the like, first guys out there. He wasn't like a commander that was like in the back and letting like everyone else do yeah. Right. Nope. He was like, let me do this thing. Okay. So between 1919 and 1921, he commanded the British effort in Poland because Poland was having a lot of conflicts with the Soviet Bolsheviks and the Ukrainians and the Lithuanians. Oh, and the Czechs over coveted territory. So this is before World War II, mm-hmm. but after World War One. Um, so he was kind of over there trying to help Poland against the bad guys Poor Poland I know right um okay also in 1919 he survived two plane crashes um he ended up being caught in a uh in captivity by the Lithuanians every time I hear that all I think about is back to the future why would ha- I don't remember. I feel like there's Lithuanian terrorists Probably. in that movie and they, there's who shoots Doc Brown oh. I feel like it's not Lithuanian really I don't know. I'll look it up because I'm curious now. Okay, look it up. I have n- minimal uh, recollection from that movie. <laughs> I recollect. I, it was one of my favorite movies, so I watched it a lot. Uh, then in August 1920, he uh, some Cossacks looked it up, a group of predominantly Slavo-Germanic people who became known as members of the democratic, self-governing, semi-military communities predominantly located in eastern and southern Ukraine and in southern Russia. Libyan. Libyan! I knew it was an L. Close enough. Yeah. I don't Uh know where Libyans are. (laughs) I need a map. Um, Okay. So 
basically these Cossacks attempted to hijack his observation train. Um, he took them on single-handedly, literally. Mm. He only had one hand. <laughs> Danelle almost had like wine powder. wine, <laughs> He had one revolver. And beat them. He had one revolver. During the fight, he fell off the train onto the track, but he leapt straight off the track back onto the train. This, they need to make a movie about this guy. Oh, he he's is. like he's crazy. He's like the born identity, but mm-hmm. 1900s. Yeah, basically. Um, while he was posted in Poland, he became quite taken with the place, and he decided he wanted to move there. Hmm. So he decided he okay. wanted to be in Poland. Um, however, that didn't last long because uh, the Nazis soon started invading Poland. That was one of the first places, and. So he was forced to escape Poland and headed back to Great Britain, where he re-enlisted with Uh the British Army. he did. (laughs) Back in the fray, uh, he was sent to Norway to take command of an Anglo-French force in 1940. Um, But his arrival set the tone for the catastrophic mission to come. I obviously didn't write that. Uh, His seaplane was forced to land on a fjord when it was attacked by a German fighter plane. Another plane issue? Yeah. And then I was like, what's a fjord? The planes alone. So I had to look that up. There was a lot of me looking up stuff because I was like, what's that? It's a long, narrow, deep inlet of the sea between high cliffs. Okay. So he was forced down into this like little. Um, And he refused to get into the rubber dinghy when the plane crashed into this fjord uh, because he said, I'm not going to be a sitting duck. So he just waited on the wreckage of the sinking airplane um until the enemy plane literally ran out of ammo oh my god like it just kept shooting at them and shooting at them and shooting and eventually it ran out of ammo and had to leave and get more and so that's when he came out of the wreckage um then a navy vessel came over to pick them up and he casually got on (laughs) he's like hey guys i've just been over here for a while uh i'm gonna get on this boat now so he didn't last very long in Norway. Unfortunately, his troops were outgunned and out and undersupplied. So they didn't have enough stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but they were still under his leadership and they traversed over mountains to get to the Trondheim Fjord. That's <laughs> another narrow, that's another, another yep. narrow way mm-hmm. between two mountains. Got it. Um, they were being bombarded the entire time by the German Navy. And I didn't know this existed. Avoiding German ski troops. What? Aha. Uh-huh. I have a picture. I'm going to put it up. But it's, I, I shouldn't be this excited. They're Nazis. We all hate the Nazis. But yeah, there were German ski they troops. They like ski Nazis. Yeah, ski Nazis. And not like, you know, people who really want you to ski better. No, they were skiing with guns and shooting wow. at you. Wow. I didn't know that either. Jeez. I'm like, what the? No. Okay. Hmm. Um, the Royal Navy, while under bombardment, managed to ferry the men out of Norway safely, uh, and Carton Wyatt arrived in Great Britain on his 60th birthday. Oh my God, he's 60 at this point? Mm-hmm. And yeah. he's still doing all this combat? Yeah, like a crazy Magoo. With no left body at all? Like his, bo- his left body is basically gone. All right. So he was appointed in 1941 by Winston Churchill to lead British mission in Yugoslavia, but he never got there. En route to Yugoslavia, uh, his Wellington bomber, a plane, suddenly took a nosedive into the Mediterranean. Oh, my God. <laughs> I feel like he, I would not get on planes anymore. No. Um, so he and the British Royal Air Force crew took refuge on a wing. And they lived. Uh-huh. <laughs> get ready for this, though. He's now 61. 61 years old. Uh, the fuselage started to sink, and so he helped an injured and struggling comrade that was with him to swim the mile to shore. Mm -mm. So this young buck is in there like, I'm hurt. And the 61 year old's like, like, come on, come on. We're going to swim. Do it. It's only a mile. (laughs) So, uh, they made it to the coastline, but they were immediately captured by Italians, uh, which, um, Basically, 13 high-ranking officers were held prisoner. Um, I didn't realize this. It sounds like the Italians at that time were on the Nazi side. Like, when did they... They switched sides. Oh. I never knew they were on the Nazi side, though. Uh, Let's see. They... Oh. (laughs) This is my favorite part, though. 
There it was, like something out of The Great Escape, but starring senior citizens. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because he's like old. Well, all of them are. Yeah. They, they only captured high-ranking commanders. <laughs> so it's a bunch of old dudes that they had <laughs> captured. So they, they refused to stay incarcerated. They actually excavated a 60-foot tunnel out of the prison. And they dug through solid bedrock. And it took them seven months. What? And six of them escaped in 1943. Uh, they dressed as Italian peasants, but a one-handed, one-eyed man stood out in the crowd. <laughs> you think? <laughs> After eight days, uh, he was returned to captivity. Oh, shoot. So the war wasn't over yet, and there were still more escapades to be had. Um, the Italians decided they wanted to switch sides and took Carton de Weir to Rome to help negotiate with the Allies. So I was like... I wonder what I made really them. Don't I'm curious that. as to why they switch sides. Do you remember this, Kenny? Kenny? You're smart. You're closer to high school than we are. I have no idea. Great. Maybe huh. they're just going with whoever they thought was going to win. Or maybe they're losing. Smart. Yeah. Smart. They're like, oh, Nazis are ahead. Oh, wait, they're not ahead anymore. Let's <laughs> we switch We should probably it switch sides. Yeah. <laughs> That's my analysis of it. Oh, no. Um, okay, so after this, it was 1943. He returned to Great Britain. Uh, he was only back for a month and then given a new assignment. So now he's going to be the special representative for Churchill to talk to Chinese leader Chiang Kai-shek. I hope I'm saying that right. And basically they were talking about like what was going to happen uh, to Japan post-war. Like what are we going to do with these Japanese people? Mm -hmm. Um, After the conference, uh, Carton spent uh, four more years in China. And then he also managed to experience another plane crash while there. (laughs) What the hell? Dude, just stay home. I can't, I can't help but laugh. I'm like, what? This guy is invincible. Uh, in 1947, he retired. Oh, yay. <laughs> um, he actually sustained another serious injury right before he retired. He was on his way back to England from China, and he stopped off in Rangoon, which I'm like, Rangoon? Like the appetizer? <laughs> <laughs> And then I'm like, that's inappropriate, Jenny. Um, he and he slipped down a flight of stairs. I, oh my god! I almost just said he fell down a flight of stairs and broke his back. <laughs> yeah, like not even I in feel war. Like he's the most unlucky man in the world. Right. That's that's kind of what happens at the end of this. So during his recovery, they um, the good news is is he was in the hospital so long that doctors were able to remove a whole shit ton of shrapnel from his body uh-huh. from all the wars he had been in. Oh. So he had been shot so many times there was just shrapnel everywhere and so while he was recovering they're like well you want us to get some of this shrapnel why not (laughs) you'll be more comfortable sir all right and it said depending on your perspective adrian carton de weart was either the luckiest or unluckiest soldier to ever have lived (laughs) perhaps a bit of both i think a bit of both Mm -hmm. so he uh his time ended as a soldier so he wrote his memoirs and they were published and then he spent most of his days fishing and he died peacefully in 1963 at the age of 83. Oh, so that's him. him. Wow. <laughs> that's, that's Carton's story. Wow, Carton. Adrian Carton Dwyard. Yeah. Not so, right? Crazy. I'm really excited about the part where he ripped his own fingers off. I read that and I was like, ooh. I want to know more about all these plane crashes. Like, what happened to the planes? Exactly. Why I feel did like, they fail? I feel like did planes back then just, like, go down quicker? Probably, but... Okay. I mean, I don't know. I don't know. Not so. Okay, so that's my story. So, Kenny. Okay, so I got this weird news from our coworker, Devin, and one of our listeners, Sarah, also sent it in. Oh, a double whammy. Yeah, the same exact story. And wait, didn't Devin get it from her sister, Megan? Yes. Okay, I'm ready. Okay. Um, a group of tourists spent hours Saturday night looking for a missing woman near Iceland's something canyon. L L G. Do you know this one? Yes. So, well, then I'll guess it. I'll guess. <laughs> Only to find her where? Back sleeping at the hotel room? I don't know. Among the search party. Oh, stop it. <laughs> yeah. Why? How does that even happen? The yes. group was traveling through Iceland on, oh, a, shut up. on a tour bus and stopped near a volcanic canyon. <laughs> Soon there was word of a missing passenger. The woman, who had changed clothes, didn't recognize the description of herself and joined the search. (laughs) But the search was called off at about 3 a.m. when it became clear the missing woman was, in fact, accounted for in searching for herself. 
So they didn't say her name, clearly. They must not have known it. They're just like, she was this woman with like blonde oh hair. God. And like a purple hoodie or a, something. Hilarious. Yeah. And she's like, oh no, we At have to find moment, her. Like imagine the emotions you go through think, realizing that they're searching for you and you're in the crowd. You're like, oh God, I wonder do if I just she keep like going with it? or recognized like around like 10 p.m. being like, I wonder if this is me. Like, like, like a little inkling. No. Oh my God. Yeah. That's hilarious. Didn't they count the people? Okay. Didn't they count the people? Don't you just I count know, the people? I know, there's so many questions. I- it's a very short story, so Listen, I wish I had I, more details. I read it, and I was laughing hysterically when I read it to myself earlier this week. So I feel like that's something that would happen to both of us here. Yeah, probably. Where I would be like halfway through, be like, oh, maybe it's me. I don't know. Where you finally start paying <laughs> attention a little bit, and you're like, oh, well. I will say that's one good thing about having red hair is that there usually aren't a lot of us. Mm-hmm. And so if someone's like, the redhead is missing, you're like, you can be like, Whoop. it's me. <laughs> that's hilarious I, so Iceland it was uh yeah okay oh, I do want to go to Iceland I though. do too mm, let's do it they used to have a direct flight from Cleveland to Iceland now yeah. I don't think it's no longer yeah oh well maybe it'll come back one it's day it's like a five hour flight it's not bad yeah I mean that's only a little bit farther than like going that'll to be our first like tour trip oh yes yes <laughs> okay so um make sure you guys uh if you well, you won't be on PodCoin at this point because by the time this comes out, it won't be here. But we hope you're listening to us on another platform and that you still enjoy the show. Um, rate, review, subscribe. Uh, find us on social. We'll post the pictures of some of the stuff, including what picture did you have? I had oh, the mind hole. And he's a cutie. And he's a, cu- he's a cute old man. And then I also have a picture of, um, I think, them pulling out of the him out of the mine too. Nice. I forget what I dug up. I have German ski troops please and thank you you're welcome uh and then also we have a patreon so if you would like to help keep the wine going here at sip survive repeat uh you can find us on patreon just look for sip survive repeat and you can join at any level we start i think at like a dollar or two dollars mm-hmm. so a dollar, yeah. it's it's pretty quick uh or cheap quick i, I know what's happening uh and then uh finally patreons um we will be having a new episode coming out this month it's just taking us longer than usual to get it together so uh thanks so much we'll see you next week bye bye this has been a production of the tribune audio network